0: Is it magic or just really advanced, mystical or scientific, something rooted in the heart of a myth, or to explanations success. Hey guys, welcome back. I'm Laura, here with Christopher, and you're listening to Various Fruit Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. He's a British writer. Known for his fictional detective, Sherlock Holmes. But what he's less known for are his other works, such as The History of Spiritualism and The Edge of the Unknown. And
1: how much did he love Sherlock Holmes?
0: He hated Sherlock Holmes. He felt that Sherlock Holmes was not real writing, and he only continued to do Sherlock Holmes novels. For the money. For the money.
1: I would do the same thing.
0: Yeah. Well, his original occupation was doctor, which he chose to make money, but he started making more money off of his novels than he did having a practice. So he closed his practice and started writing more novels.
1: Ah, yes. Very much like Nirvana and teen spirit. Uh, What else? He did some investigations too, right? Um, people would write to him when they didn't uh, to explain something because he was kind of a real life Sherlock Holmes
0: in a way. Yeah. So he did solve real crimes. The police would call him in and ask for his assistance. And he was able to solve some that the police were not, but it's because he was using logic and did he get paid for those. I don't know. I maybe, or if maybe it was just publicity, I don't know. Weird, but one thing that he was different about instead of like authors like Agatha Christie, who also was sometimes called in to help with real cases, he believed in spirits and spiritualism, and he told the police to call different like mediums in to assist with investigations.
1: Oh, we're the last episode recorded with the boys, we did um, on ghosts and spirits and the difference between them. Yeah. So, that so he
0: a- he believed in spirits, and he believed that communication with spirits on the other side was possible. And actually, his second wife Jean was a psychic medium, and she would connect him with a spirit on the other side named Phineas and he wrote books and articles about his conversations with Phineas and that sort of started his writing in those kinds of topics. So he wrote Phineas Speaks and then he started his own publishing press and bookstore called Psychic Bookshop. So hmm. real, real creative with the name choice.
1: Yes, that's kind of like a Scooby Doo. He was like a, like a Scooby Doo kind of uh, detective.
0: Well, I feel like, yeah, because Scooby Doo always believed that the ghosts were real, and then ended up finding out that they were not. He. It's a bit died. like letdown. Yeah, but there were. I mean, there were some specials where it turned out to maybe be a real spirit, and Scooby Doo at least. Yeah. In Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's case, that didn't really occur. I
1: thought it occurred one time.
0: Well, I mean, he went and investigated things, but there was never like actual evidence that he found before his death.
1: What about the fairies? What can you tell me about that?
0: So, in, I think it was 1917, it was like early 1900s, there was these two little girls who took a photograph that they claimed was of fairies.
1: Ooh, I'll put them in the the bio. mm -hmm,
0: Mm-hmm. They made a movie about it in like the 90s. I remember watching it as a kid. And these two girls found fairies and finally were able to get them on camera. And so they brought in experts from all over to analyze these photographs and the vast majority of the people said no they're not real but
1: could they cite their sources on why or just no
0: well i think it was like the same reason things look like Photoshop or something now, where it's like the lighting is a little bit different, or mm. something is off about the photo or the film itself, because this was taken on like a real piece of film. Like there's we're, a negative.
1: We're, well, I was talking to Johnny about the, the the Bigfoot cryptid one, like the not being able to find any remains for a Bigfoot. That's kind of like a big deal, but I could see why you wouldn't find remains of like a pixie.
0: Oh no, because it would be so small, it would. Yeah, I would, you, I would assume it would like decompose quickly. Yeah. And if you come just across. Just take it from
1: like a squirrel or
0: something. Yeah. Well, and if I'm in the woods and I come across tiny little bones, I'm going to just assume like owl maybe. Yeah. Like it's, you know, because they have their little owl pellets they shoot out. Oh, yeah. Maybe so it it's like, close. yeah. So it has all those little tiny bones in it. And I would just be like, oh, you know, what's the difference between a mouse bone and a fairy bone? I don't know.
1: Yeah. And never really kind of looking for, or like a bat if it had wings. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, that too, because like fairies are supposed to fly, right? And yes. so, what, so,
1: what defines a fairy? Like, what's uh what are the characteristics between like that and a pixie? Well, I don't. Uh, yeah, they're doing the same thing.
0: I don't know. Maybe I grew up in a school where we were separated into houses, like Harry Potter, and I was in the imp house, and our color was green, and so we were like little troublesome leprechauns almost but that's kind of like when i think of a pixie it's like somebody who is like messing with your stuff
1: ah uh, that was also like a helpful one i was also separated into groups when i was in grade school but that was um that was different that was for my special math class where we would go and work on um addition and subtraction with the other bad kids for a half hour so the kids that were there to learn could do that. That's... We were also called the Pixies. Interesting.
0: That's nice for you. Um, education has come a long way.
1: Yes. So, speaking of education and Mr. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, how did he become a knight? Except for his like, work in literature yeah, and it's, medicine, it's I think? Yeah,
0: it's his medical stuff and then also his literature fame.
1: I could see how being a doctor and then being famous for Sherlock Holmes would be kind of like, well, I worked really hard at this one thing.
0: Well, to be fair, he didn't have a passion for medicine. He just wanted to be rich because he grew up not having that. I can relate. And so it was not about it. Back then it's like, Eh, I'll be a doctor because then I'll make some money. And I don't think the training was quite the same level of intensity as it is today.
1: Yeah. I look at some of those old medical pictures, like what they would, they're not even like wearing gloves.
0: Well, cause they said to like, he opened up his own practice very quickly. It did not do well, but then he opened up a second practice and it did do well. That that's the one he eventually closed to focus on writing.
1: What was the, uh, what was the difference? Why did the second one be, what's more successful?
0: They I, I haven't come across any information on that. I'm oh. assuming from the readings that I have done on him and what kind of a doctor was he just I general, think like pra- a general practitioner. Uh, it seems like maybe he didn't have the greatest bedside manner.
1: Yeah. That, that checks out.
0: And also he believed in a lot of spiritual stuff. So, I mean, if I go to the doctor and the doctor says, mm, it seems like a ghost is following you around, and that's the problem. I would be like, maybe I'm going to go to another doctor and not continue going here.
1: Yeah. Yeah, once they start mentioning Phineas a lot, I would
0: be like, oh, I'm going to get a second Yeah, opinion. it's like, oh, my wife is clairvoyant, and she has told me that the spirit she communicates with is telling me that this is what's wrong with you. I would be like, "Okay, um, maybe gonna go get a second opinion somewhere else.
1: maybe somebody who doesn't talk to um ghosts named Phineas,
0: yeah, and like if I'm going to a doctor, I don't care if they believe those things. I just I'm going there for medical care,
1: yeah, yeah, I don't ever if I, if my doctor was uh starting to get a little political or uh what's the word I'm looking for?" like weird. Yeah. I would be like, Oh man, I don't trust this man's decision-making processes here.
0: No, I don't trust his knowledge of medicine. If he's just saying it was, you know, the spirits, because even if I believe in spirits and that they can cause issues, I don't think that that's what's causing it because I came to a doctor, not a clairvoyant.
1: Right, I don't care how good you are. Maybe if you're like the best, you can be weird. But yeah, that's a
0: well. Maybe that's why his second practice worked.
1: Because he quit talking about seeing dead people,
0: or he just got more famous for it, and people flocked to him for those reasons.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I would go see um, like if my favorite author was a you know, a podiatrist, I'd try to make an appointment.
0: Yeah. Well, that's like when, when Seth was interested in the saxophone. You know, I there's a really cool saxophone. What is a saxophone player called? A saxophonist.
1: Uh, a I sax don't know.
0: guy. I'm gonna say it's a sax guy.
1: A saxton
0: from like a f- band that I feel was f- famous, but he now just teaches kids. To play the saxophone.
1: Oh, from the Kabbalists? Yeah. Oh, they were great. I wasn't
0: going to like name names, but yeah.
1: I'll name names. We'll put them in the notes, because I like them too. Yeah, they're good. That song, the Tracy Lord's Polka, was great. Mm -hmm. Oh, man.
0: But, I mean, yeah, that's who I'm going to go to.
1: There's a few others like that. Uh, There's some doctors around here that I won't go to.
0: Oh, there's a lot of doctors
1: I won't go to. Yes.
0: I mean... I I'm with John Mulaney on this one that I'm not going to go to a five star rated doctor because I don't. You get I don't better trust service, that. I feel,
1: with like the lower ratings. Honestly, in my yeah, experience because
0: it's like they're rated low for a reason. If it's just bad bedside manner, I can deal with that. If you know they're listening to me, they don't have to like respond appropriately as long as they're like, oh yeah, I agree, and we should order some tests or something.
1: Yeah, if they have lower ratings, I feel like they have more customers because. Usually, in my experience, the only people who write reviews are bad ones. Yeah. And there's, you know, a handful of those, but.
0: Yeah, there's only been one time in my life where I felt compelled to write a positive review for a doctor. And that was just my back surgeon. Mm. And I mean, he was very good. I would go back to him if insurance, you know, but.
1: but what if he wrote a book on uh, Sherlock Holmes?
0: That would be fine. I feel like if he wrote some like real outlandish thing because he knows what he's talking about. Like it feels like a Twilight
1: fanfic writer.
0: I don't know if that's a little, that's a little much just because it's like, I would feel like maybe, why are you so obsessed with a young adult novel? Eh,
1: I'm 42 and I read Harry Potter. Who cares? I'll hate it a little weird.
0: Well, it's just like enough to write fanfic about it though.
1: Yeah. Okay, mm. so
0: an example would be I know somebody who knows somebody, that sounds real weird, who is a very popular Megamind fanfic writer.
1: Oh, those are weird, though.
0: And I feel like I could still interact with her on a professional level if that was the that was her weird thing.
1: Oh, it's so weird when you're interacting with the like, Speaking of, the, this is a great one with Sir Arthur uh, Conan Doyle, is that when you are have like a professional relationship with somebody and then you find out their fandom is something so weird, like, oh, okay, that's what you're into? I just figured you went home and drank a bottle of Merlot in front of the TV and passed out in the nightly news. But yeah. no, you are a level 12 grand wizard in D&D or whatever it is. And you have these meetings at your house, which is fine. And that's cool that that's what you're into. But it's weird also that like you're an attorney or a doctor.
0: Yeah. Especially when someone has the appearance of being just a boring mainstream person where you're like, I just thought you were like an NCP or what is that? NPC. NPC. That's what the kids are always saying. Yeah. Like until this moment. And it's like, oh no, you have like some weird personality thing going on with honestly, like that's that's a positive thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But it depends on, I am going to think about it twice depending on what I'm coming to you for. Like,
0: yeah. Well, I mean, I've had like coworkers who were very into things that are very much not my fandom. And that's interesting because you can, like they will just talk about it and it's I feel like an expert now and I just had, you know, a couple conversations, but there's also times where it can it, it's a bit much.
1: Yeah. No, I mean if I if I'm going to a doctor and I find that their fandom is January 6th, I'm going to leave. I, I, that's not
0: really like a fandom, that's just
1: Yeah, but you know what I mean though. You know. Like
0: uh, uh well to me that just says this person is not safe.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there are some not safe Things to be into.
0: Yeah. Like if someone was talking about how they're really into like Andrew Tate, that's Ooh. what, like when Grace was talking about how her friend went on a date with a guy who was really into Andrew Tate. It's like, no, don't go, don't even bother. Don't even bother. Just unmatch this guy and move on. Yes. You know,
1: next. So what what else did he, um, I was going to ask earlier. I forgot this. Uh, was he during the Jack the Ripper time? Cause
0: well, he was like, he was writing these books during like the early 1900s up until uh, I think his last one was published in 1930. I don't know when Jack the Ripper was. I don't have that.
1: Yeah, I didn't. Off even the look, top of my head, I should have. Uh, I should have I, looked up ahead of time. I
0: feel like it was. There Seems were similar like crimes like that that he was called in to work the case,
1: like a cold file type thing.
0: Yeah, I also find it very interesting that he was able to create a character and I mean, really like personify that character when he was working with police on crimes.
1: Was he, and he also like was autistic? Used- <laughs> <you gonna> <laughs> I'm assuming. Because Sherlock Holmes is very autistic.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's like he uses, it's like that logic D- didu- deduction. Yeah. Like, Like a Spock kind of thing where he's able to use logic and keep his personal opinions, his bias out of solving the crime. And so I find it interesting that somebody who is so steady, I guess, in his use of logic had such strong views about things that he felt couldn't fully be explained. Like Mm. he believed mediums are real. People can be clairvoyant, but he himself did not have any explanation for those. He didn't know why.
1: Right. And there's, there's so many uh, (coughs) like examples of, I mean, I could see how obviously how people believe in these things because, everybody's had a variety of experiences and there's so many like just individual stories, you know, of people like having like just a unexplained phenomenon. Like, like if you look at the nine 11, everybody who, you know, just felt like they shouldn't go in today or just avoided it or just had bad feelings. Uh, but that's, a you know, a big thing.
0: Yeah. So when I, I feel like, If just some random guy had been writing these books, like, listen, my wife is clairvoyant, and, you know, I talked to Phineas, I would be like, okay, bud, that's, that's your thing, that's fine for you. But because he was as intelligent as he, you know, I mean, he was a good writer, he was you know, had a very advanced logic skills, I guess he was a doctor. And so it gives some validity, I think to hit the fact that it's like, yeah, yeah, there are, we can't explain everything. And
1: that's, I think what he probably was like using Sherlock Holmes as an outlet. Cause he could go through and always figure out what the uh, explanation was.
0: Yeah. And that's why, cause he said it was easy to write these. He, every single one, it was like, less than a week it took him to write it.
1: Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Jeez. How long were the books? Cause he'd be like, I mean, 56? they were not,
0: yeah, they were like a couple hundred pages. It yeah. was like a full mystery novel. Wow.
1: That is, that's a lot of books to write too. Yeah. On something that you, I guess hate, but still seems like he put a good amount of effort into each of them. Yeah. And well, I feel and it's like, like still use- what
0: would his books have been like if he ate, actually enjoyed writing that kind of work.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, Oh man, it's weird to just just think like he's just churning these out and how also how a lot of those um uh I guess like what do you what's the word I'm looking for like the setup, like the the story, like the like the outline of the story or like the premise they still get like Even today with TV and movies, they still just take like that formula, or that.
0: I mean, they're still making Sherlock Holmes TV shows and movies. Yeah, it's still a popular thing. Popular, and I like
1: that show. uh, What was that uh, elementary? mm
0: -hmm. That was
1: good. The one with Benedict Cumberbatch was really good too.
0: Mm -hmm. I liked. There was one I saw. It was kind of during like when a lot of that stuff was coming out, and it was oh. That one guy who's like in X Men and stuff, and
1: Patrick Stewart, no. the guy you have a crush on?
0: No, not Patrick Stewart. I know. Sir sarah McKellen. Yeah, and he played like an aging Sherlock Holmes oh, who had retired yeah. to the I don't bluffs in somewhere in Europe, and mm. it was about he hired like a housekeeper, and she had a younger son with him, you know, and. He was like bonding with this child, and also begrudgingly solving old crimes, Mm. just because he could, but he didn't like it. And also, uh, now knowing
1: Patrick Stewart in public when he could,
0: okay. But knowing that about Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, like the author, it's like, oh, that's how he actually was, though. Like he was begrudgingly solving these crimes. He's like, I don't want to do this. I just wanted to be a rich doctor.
1: Yeah. But it's also, he's, it's like that one, uh, unreliable. He wouldn't do it if he hated it that much, especially if he already made some money. It's, yeah. it's still probably a little fun for him, but it's just like the challenge I'm guessing.
0: I think he also used that to fund writing his other books and like opening up his own publishing company.
1: Ah. Uh. That makes sense about the
0: things that he was actually passionate about.
1: Yes, so on that note, I think we're going to end it here. And see, uh, next episode, I believe we're going to be going over the Is Somerton Man with really Sean Coleman and also my wife. And coming up, we still have ones on urban legends and the big five-part series on the Laurel Canyon. Weirdness. Remember to check us out on Facebook at Various Fruit Podcast and Instagram or follow us on the web at variousfruit.com. And that's everything. Listen again and we'll see you soon.